0: Sure, I came out here to make my name, wanted my pool, my dose of fame, wanted my parking space at Warner's. But after a year, a one-room hell, a Murphy bed, a rancid smell, wallpaper peeling at the corners. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast, the podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners for your reconsideration. I am your host, Stephen Buja, and joining me is the one, the only, wait, I know you, you used to be big.
1: I am big. It's the podcasts that got small.
0: Oh, Amy Thomason, joining me for this very special edition of For Your Reconsideration on the 1950 Best Picture nominee, Sunset Boulevard, directed by the great Billy Wilder, Written by Billy Wilder, Charles Brackett, and uh, one other man, I believe.
1: D.M. Marsh.
0: And D.M. Marsh, starring the one, the only William Holden.
1: Yay! Gloria
0: Swanson, Eric von Stroheim, Nancy Olson, Fred Clark, Lloyd Goh, plus a large number of faded uh, 1930s film stars as well as the uh, director's cameo by Cecil, the great Cecil B. DeMille. Uh, What can one really say about Sunset Boulevard? It was ranked number 12 on the AFI Top 100 American Films list of the 20th century. Uh, It is the movie people think about when they think about movies about Hollywood uh really, it's like folks, I would love I would love to say we're gonna have some criticisms about the film, but really I can't think of any, so we're just going to jump right <laughs> in and ask, Amy, I know this is your jam. You are the oh. Billy Wilder fanboy, a uh, fangirl. Extraordinaire. Um, when did you first see this movie and have you seen it more than twenty times or less than twenty?
1: I would say more than 20 times. I saw it first, I think, when I was in high school. And I didn't know how epic it was till I got older. But you were talking about this is number 12 on the AFI list. This movie is tied for first on the Amy Thomason Top 100. I
0: thought, uh, wait, I thought the Amy Thompson Top 100 was not ranked.
1: It is up to a certain point. Until I started having to think about movies in chunks, like all the Woody Allen movies I could think of and all the, you know, okay. other movies. Uh, so, but okay. definitely yep. so my t- top so, three
0: movies. So, okay, tied for, tie for number one. What's number one?
1: Gone with the Wind and Goodfellas.
0: You have, you have a three-way tie for number one. I really do. They're all perfect films. I don't see I don't uh, I don't see I don't know how I, I I do not know how I feel about a three-way tie for the top spot. It sounds like you just want to have your
1: cake and you want to eat it too. I do, and I didn't add Sunset Boulevard until last year. I've shown it many many times to my middle school students, and the fact that even they love it Okay.
0: What is what really is, says a lot. What what do middle school kids like about
1: this movie? I asked them in in my extensive research for this podcast. Okay. They all want to listen to it too. I was like, oh, I have to be careful what I say. That no, just kidding. Um,
0: hello everybody. Hello, kids. Glad to uh, glad to have you listening.
1: I love them. My wonderful accelerated drama class. They love the opening shot of William Holden laying in the pool, and that look at him being dead. They love how crazy norma desmond is and they love um spoiler alert plot twist at the end when it turns out that max is actually her first husband who gave up his directing career which is a very small scene in the movie but they're like oh no (laughs) and almost the fact that by the end they haven't really picked up on the fact that William Holden is narrating it after he's dead. They don't really Really? put all those things together because he never says me. He says a writer and they don't know William Holden. So they're not like, Oh, that's clearly his voice. So at the end they're like, Oh, Oh, Ooh. Okay. And then they still don't know how it's going to end. It's the end of the movie. And they're still like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen?
0: Because, yeah, you know, because because he's dead, but the movie is still going on. And the- yes,
1: and then usually I'll have students, I have two classes that are blended sixth and or seventh and eighth graders. Mm-hmm. So some of the kids in one and some of my classes will have seen the movie, and other students haven't seen it. And the kids who have seen are like, "Oh, please, can we watch that movie again? <laughs> that one with that crazy woman. Oh, that's the best movie. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can't deny you the great Billy Wilder.
0: No, you can't. And this story does make me feel good about the youth of America. They're in good hands and that talent and quality can win out over all sorts of things. And if they can if they can appreciate something like Sunset Boulevard at their age, when I think you do need to have a, a handle on... Hollywood and, and like sort of celebrity life I like I, I like I think you need to have some meta like intellectual like history with all of Hollywood and the and the, and the history behind it to really appreciate it but if these kids can do that then
1: and coming uh, in with nothing it, I, I, it. and they also like some like it hot that final line of some like it hot they all died laughing I had a girl go out and buy the DVD afterwards and like tell her mother oh mom you have to see this movie and I was like that makes me so happy.
0: It makes me so happy because they're buying DVDs and the kids know what DVDs are because they're great. I love having them. I don't have nearly enough. Uh, so Thank you're her. clearly a, you're clearly a fan of this.
1: So much. So uh, much. That's
0: that's great to hear. Uh, my personal history is that I I have seen this movie not nearly as many times. Uh, and it's one of those films you always hear about. It's, it's been... Uh, imitated so many ways throughout pop culture norma norma desmond even if you haven't seen the movie you have probably heard the name it's uh, usually a uh, it's usually a negative uh, quality attributed to a uh, to an actress who has perhaps gone a little off the rails uh, recently uh, glenn close starred in the broadway production of which a, is
1: terrible which it's i hear is so awful i have seen it it is not good.
0: Okay, I have to ask, what makes it terrible?
1: Very briefly, Stephen Sondheim once spoke about a musical called a Y musical, that if a musical is adapting something like a classic, classic film, which Sunset Boulevard is, you need to be able to elevate it mm-hmm. to be something new, to make it something new, to make it something better, to make it something special. And if you can't do it, there's really no point in it. The music that's written is not does not add anything to it. Okay, interesting.
0: Um, I that is that's largely what I what I've heard that Glenn that Glenn Close is amazing, but there's a she is there's a but, well, there's a oh okay why don't I just watch the movie instead?
1: And what works great. for the movie and one of the eight hundred reasons why this movie is perfect is the cinematography. Is those elements that you can't translate to stage.
0: Right. Yeah, it's a. it's a it's uh along with All About Eve, which is the uh film that won Best Picture this year in 1950, Sunset Boulevard has this very modern quality to its uh cinematography. It's uh it's it's a noir film. It's shot, well, it's shot like a noir film, but it's not Really, a noir movie. It's like, yeah, it's it's a bit of a mystery, but it's not, you know, hard hard men and and dames doing, uh, you know, you know, up to up to no good. Even though they even though they are up to no good, ultimately, it's uh, it's more it's it's much craftier than that. And the uh, cinematography by John F. Sights is uh, really uh, amazingly well done. They got uh, they have some, ex- you know, that opening tracking shots. The the shot of William Holden under, you know. On, you know, from the pool, from underneath, which is one of the most, I think, imitated uh, shots uh, you can it's possibly imagine. Un- it's
1: unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It still gives me chills.
0: It's unbelievable, and it's also, considering that we didn't have all the fancy gear that we do now where you can just put a camera underwater and it's fine, like, that, is, it is actually a technical achievement in and of itself.
1: It's a reflection, isn't it? He's in the water, but then they... Photographed the reflection of him from underneath the water using it's, a mirror. I mean, yeah. I was—I still don't really understand how they did it, but you, I was like, "You can, you can, you oh can definitely see like
0: the piece of glass in there, but it—it it doesn't matter because you're you're taking back going, oh, well, that's how you open a movie. You know, it's a long tracking shot from the sunset. Oh, Boulevard, when it shows it on boom, the street. Boom, boom. Oh, it's 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 like it's like it's 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 fantastic and it's great. Yeah, uh, uh, it's it's certainly uh, it's certainly the. Uh, originally, the film was going to open with William Holden in the morgue talking to all talking the, uh, to all the other corpses, and people people were like, "Is this supposed to be funny?" And uh, we're, we're uh, history is very glad that Billy Wilder went. You know what? We're gonna stop that. We're just going to open with William Holden with William Holden, the writer, dead in a dead in a swimming pool for reasons we don't know why. Now, I'm generally a lot of a lot of the times. When you cut to the when you have the end and then you cut uh, to uh, what happened beforehand, you have to be a very good director to pull this off. And we have had the had the pleasure, like uh, with actually all about Eve and all about our Eve. Last movie and and more as well. To really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've been in the presence of great masters handling this. A lot of times it's like uh, some not it's some nonsense on TV where it's like and two we and. Two, two days earlier, and then all the action happens. You're like, "Oh well, whatever." But here, it uh, it really adds to it because you're watching this movie about Joe Gillis, William Holden, uh, and you're going, "What did this guy do to end up in the pool? And how did he end up in the pool? Did he drown? What happened?" Uh, and it's uh, it's a very it's a very satisfying way of setting up the uh, the journey and in that you're now invested more fully in the journey and not just, okay, what's going
1: on? And that William Holden. And like you said, it takes a master film director. It takes Billy Wilder. That is who it takes that I feel, you know, all about Eve. We had talked about the narration. Right. And very inconsistent that all of a sudden this character out of literally nowhere, all of a sudden is narrating part of it. And the beginning is narrated and that's fine. But then it doesn't, ever come up again at all in the film this is a perfect use of narration yes and i like it because i like that he doesn't william Holden's voice doesn't reveal that he's the corpse you don't which is why my students kind of didn't really put that together he says it like he's just a regular omniscient narrator correct hey here's a here's a, a, a crime's been committed
0: and yeah, you're kind a. of like Sunset Boulevard.
1: crime has been committed And he does it – and it's interesting that he says nothing but the facts considering that Jack Webb, who was in Dragnet, was in the film too. Sorry, that was just such an interesting connection. My dad was (laughs) like, I didn't know Jack Webb could smile because he always played Joe Friday, who was such a gruff, serious guy. In this movie, he's like Mr. Smile, Mr. Nice, having parties, enjoying his life. But the narration is consistent enough throughout the film – that it really, really works yeah. and brings it out, and it ends on the best note. It does, and the, that's really well done.
0: Right, the narration works because it's not only it uh, it it is it is uh, it it's it's very much a, the tell part of the show and tell. It's it's you know you're you're seeing some you're seeing stuff that's happened, but you know, and he's telling you. But because it is. And like I, I I knew like I knew going in that okay that the person the person in the pool is William Holden William Holden is narrating so okay he is he is telling he's telling us this and I think that plot concept that that way that way of framing it allows the narration to be a little broader and looser because this is okay this is not this is not just the third person omniscient narrator as you said this is this is this is Joe Gillis telling you what he is thinking and feeling while the action takes place so it's uh it's almost it's almost kind of like reading a novel where you know the ending already and you go okay so this is you know my guy our guy is is, is going through is going through some stuff uh, it's it is a it is a shorthand to uh, you know to uh, to storytelling but again it's Billy Wilder He's able to get away with it because he does it so perfectly, and the narration is is fantastic. And it's certainly helped by uh, William Holden's uh, performance, both uh, talking and uh, you know acting in general. It's uh, it's it's a great. Uh, it all comes together in the end, really, for for the film.
1: It's definitely not too much, and it's not too little. It's like the perfect. Amount
0: right, it's a perfect and, amount, and I'm I'm glad they resisted the um, the temptation because uh, I'm sure there was a temptation to have uh, Gloria Swanson n- narrate some stuff that it becomes, you know, we're, we're 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 voyeurs watching Joe Gillis watch Norma Desmond, and you know, we're we're we feel like like we're we're two times removed from the 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 madness that is occurring mm-hmm. on Sunset Boulevard. And that is just a little taste of what is to come. We're going to take a uh, short break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss the uh, 1950 Academy Awards a little bit more. We have already discussed that in our All About Eve episode. And where Sunset Boulevard had a lot of nominations, but not enough apparently. So, stick around. Sunset Boulevard received 11 Academy Award nominations at the 23rd Annual Academy Awards in 1951. It won three of them! Uh, obviously, it was nominated for Best Motion Picture, with uh, Charles Brackett picking up the producer credit. Sadly, did not win. If you'd like to hear about what movie did win, it's another film about uh, aging actresses and the stuff they have to go through, kind of a commentary on Hollywood and theater life in general, please do listen to our episode on all about Eve. I had a blast with that that movie. Uh, Amy did too. I like to think, but anyways, Amy, what else was Sunset Boulevard nominated for?
1: Okay. It was nominated for and won best writing story screenplay. Correct. Which a thousand percent deserved best art direction and set decoration. It also totally deserved that win. That staircase alone. Oh yeah, in, in, um, in black and white. This was uh, in this, black yeah, and white.
0: This was, this was a time when they divided a lot of the tech the tech between color and black and white because color was still was starting to creep in, you know, Gone with the Wind and whatnot. But black and white was still kind of the gold standard for filmmaking.
1: That staircase alone deserved oh. an Academy Award. Um, best Amusing, cool. Music, excuse me, scoring of a dramatic or comic picture for Franz Waxman, which again, he totally deserved it. The music is totally rips you into that movie, it oh, doesn't yeah. let you go at all, ever. Definitely, it's a uh, very good soundtrack. Very good okay. soundtrack. What was it nominated now, for? Now, it was nominated for Best Actor William Holden. Best Actress, Glory Swanson, she was robbed. Best Supporting Actor, Eric Von Stroheim, who, tough call between him and uh, my man George Sanders there, who actually won. Uh-huh. It's a tough call. Uh, supporting Actress, uh, Nancy Olson. Best Director for My Man, Mr. Billy Wilder. He has best. plenty, by the way. I just no. A, he should have gotten it for he, this. He needs more. He needs more than and a, he should have gotten it for this and some like it hot. What right, is Four times. Just my, my own humble all opinion. Right, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. What else? Best cinematography robbed.
0: Yeah, it's very. It's a, it's a very good. It's a very good cinematography.
1: Best film editing, and then of course, best picture.
0: Of course, of course. Uh, this is one of the. Uh, One of three films to have been nominated in all four acting categories to have not won any. Uh, Sadly, the the other two were My Man Godfrey in 1936 and Amy Thomason's favorite goddamn David O. Russell film, American Hustle. Which, again, I'm so glad that not only did not win any acting categories, it won nothing at all. Um, really so long right It was nominated so it's 11 11 nominations great that's a that's a that's a great that's a solid number. Shape of water had 13 this year. I think the next one was seven but uh all about Eve was nominated for 14. Four, oh my oh my my word. Uh, it was a pitched battle between Gloria Swanson and Betty Davis as we know for all about Eve but uh, Judy Holiday won for born yesterday. It's a little. It's uh, a. It's a cute movie. It's a cute movie, but you know, it's a bunch. It's a bunch of crap, uh, considering the uh, the work that both of those two, Titanic, titans of industry, uh, went through. Betty. uh, Betty, That's like Betty Davis's role. This is this is Gloria Swanson's role. She was uh, like Norma Desmond, a uh, silent film star who could not make the transition to the talkies, as it were. But unlike Norma Desmond, she kind of. Accepted that graciously and uh, worked in radio and I think TV for many years in New York.
1: And unlike Betty Davis's character in All About Eve, All About Eve, Margot Channing was still at the height of her career in her the height of her fame. She okay. was worried that she was starting to fade. Right. But at the end, she graciously accepts. Hey, I I will retire from theater and live with my man and live happily ever after. This tr- this character is far more tragic. Right. This is
0: yeah. This is uh, she's of the two of the two. I'm gonna go with Nor- with uh, Norma Desmond. Uh, I think any day of the week. With with no disrespect to Betty uh, to Margo Channing. She Norma Desmond is just so much is so complicated and against the grain of what. You expect from uh, a, certainly a woman back in 1950, whereas Margot Channing, she like as we said, kind of upholds the status quo there. Uh, Best Supporting Actor Eric Von Stroheim, a uh, great silent film director who I believe did actually direct Gloria Swanson in a number of films during her, uh, her heyday as Paramount's number one star and, Amy?
1: Including the one that they watch in the film.
0: Yes, uh, Which, which
1: I didn't know until about six months ago when I revisited the movie again. And little side note, it was, the movie I believe was called Queen, uh, Queen Christina. Uh, yeah, and, Queen
0: something? Queen of
1: Hearts? Yeah, sure. And No, Queen Christina is a Greta Garbo movie. Okay, Queen of Hearts. And it was produced by Joseph P. Kennedy, John F. Kennedy's father, who was having an affair with Gloria Swanson. While he was producing that movie. Really, you are you are full of very fun true. And interesting facts. What, what, yeah, was, they had a big time, big time affair. Was he the Nazi sympathizer? Was wasn't one of them? Wasn't wasn't there a
0: Kennedy he, who was a bad, who was like a terrible person? I mean,
1: he was a Nazi sympathizer, and he in England preached appeasement, and basically was like, let's just give in to, you know democracies over because he was the ambassador to the United Kingdom. And, uh, he ruined his own political career mm, okay. because people did not forget that.
0: No, no, but we elected his son. I just, I'm, I'm sorry to have flashes of the crown and, uh, King uh, King Edward there being Almster, uh, the, you know, Nazi no. Joseph
1: England. Kennedy was definitely an exactly. anti raging anti semite, and but yes, he did have an affair with Glory Swanson. He produced her movies, which were directed by Eric von Stroheim, which is the movies that they show in the film. How brilliant is that, Billy Wilder? You are the greatest. It makes a lot of
0: sense. Plus, very easy to secure the rights to a movie when you have the guy who directed them right there on set with you. And finally, but it the, adds
1: that sense of realism, which is why this movie is as dark as it is right and it, and
0: it also really like uh one of the things I really liked was max's uh bit at the end where he is he takes he takes over the entire the entire set as it were, and just like he's like he's like, all right, and now we're acting now you're on the you're in the staircase scene you're coming' down right. like oh
1: he's, he's just, camera action it's and back. what a way to end the movie. The guy is dead. You're still like, there's only how many minutes left? What's going to – is she going to freak out? Is she going to this? Is she going to that? And the great Billy Wilder Uh ends it like – and in a weird, sick way, it's still a triumph for this heroine. It's so – so good oh, it's, on like eighteen different levels. It's
0: it's it's it's, uh, it's a bitters it's it's bittersweet, and we're and we'll and we'll discuss but that's that. That's why we'll, it's great, though. Yeah, that's that, why that that it that is, that is, uh, why it's great.
1: She is triumphant at the end, despite the fact that whole dramatic irony we all know. Oh yeah, like, that it's not, but in her mind it is, and that's why it's awesome. God, Billy Wilder. Mm-hmm. Mwah. All right, we are jumping
0: all over the place.
1: We uh, are. We're we're going to
0: be we'll be right back. Okay? <laughs> and then we're actually going to discuss Sunset Boulevard, and I think you should join us for that conversation. to imagine that people don't know what Sunset Boulevard is all all about, especially now that we've talked about it for a long time already on this show. But what is Sunset Boulevard about?
1: A struggling writer ends up living with a fading film star and trying to rewrite her script for her big comeback film Mm -hmm. to jumpstart her career. Her and return, her, as yeah, she calls return. it, it's, it's not, not a, a
0: comeback. Hate that word.
2: The return.
0: the return, with faces and and, and everything. Yes, um, that is it in a nutshell. It does not fully capture the twisted and dark psychosis that is found in this in this film. Uh, Joe Gillis, William Holden, uh, is he or is he also your boyfriend? How many boyfriends do you have? Is he?
1: um mike nichols is my boyfriend leonard bernstein is my boyfriend but i call him lenny b because we're super tight yeah
2: well because he's your boyfriend obviously
1: but yes leonard Bernstein. um definitely william holden is one of them and yes i did name my son after him those of you that have been following along the podcast he is named after the actor william holden yes william holden
0: no he was was definitely named after that other william holden that we all know (laughs) Anyways, uh, Joe Joe Gillis, uh, struggling writer. What I like about him is that I, I normally, you know, normally movies or books about writers are the worst because they're being written, and you're like, I don't want to hear about you, author who is who is writing about this character. I do like how they make him. He's not, you know, he he writes a lot, but it, it, nothing ever catches. He's essentially a hack, but he doesn't. He's not. He's not facing writer's block. He's just facing. He just needs something something good, and and how it how it comes back around, but. What I uh, what I actually caught this time was cars. It, yes. this movie is about this movie starts because it, it happens because of a car that William Holden, Joe Joe Gillis has. The entire the entire opening, uh, first like ten or fifteen minutes or so are essentially he. You're in LA. You need a car. He needs to keep his car, so he's trying to he's trying to get work. Because he you need to be able to. He's get gonna around. lose
1: his car. Lo- yeah the, the That's the impetus. They come. They're like, we need this amount of money, or we're gonna take your car. Right,
0: and it's it's so simple and also very relatable that I I uh, I was actually amazed. It's Like, this is is this really how this movie begins? Huh. That's uh, the that's, it's, it's, it's 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 brilliant. But what uh, what what I also like is that uh in. I'm not sure how familiar you are with a lot of uh, a lot of horror films. And I know, like like maybe such a thing like the the old the old timey haunted house films. Is that what happens in all of in a lot of those movies is that they have some sort of car trouble and they are forced to go use the phone at that creepy old mansion up the street and. That is where, and Billy Wilder is so good, and must have seen a lot of B movies because he saw just a ton, a ton of movies himself. That is where I start to, where you start to realize that, oh, this this movie is using horror imagery, horror iconography, to tell its story because it's about a, it's about a struggling writer who is on the run, sort of, literally on the run, literally or, on yeah, the run, literally on the run. They're the, following him the, at, the, at the time. Who happens to blow a flat outside of uh, the address to Norma Desmond's house, a creepy old faded palazzo on Sunset Boulevard. And uh, I never, I didn't quite, when I first saw this movie, I didn't appreciate how much of a terrifying, like, actual horror movie this is. But in doing research for this, you realize that, oh, shit, this, uh, Joe is the, Supple young sort of uh, initiate, and Norman Desmond is the is the reclusive vampire who is here to suck Joe's life force. And you have, the, of course, you have the creepy butler and and all of that. It's uh it's really really fascinating, spearheaded entirely uh, by Joe Gillis. How is William Holden in this film to you? Is this the most well, William Holden roles?
1: Let me let me just begin by touching on a couple points at the beginning. The okay. fact that he thinks the mansion is empty because he sees a rat when he gets there. Yeah. Then he said the previous owners, the previous owners, like they're not there anymore. There's this layer of dust. They also – not only does he use horror movie imagery, he brings in Miss Havisham from Great Expectations. Right. And, and just the lingo of the movie absolutely kills me. When he said, that Miss Havisham taking it out in the world for giving her the go-by. Like, <laughs> that's just such a great 1950s line of a movie. Yes. And when he talks about how broke he is, how he has his car at the lot, and he says, you know, this guy didn't ask any questions. He'd just see your heels and know the score. And I'm like, I just love all those those lines, right. those noir lines,
0: right? But but but, but they are. It, but there are also lines that a guy like Joe Gillis, a hack
1: writer, would absolutely say. Exactly, and so it's just, and I think a lot with this movie is I think you need to see it more than once. I've picked up on things just in my last you know five viewings. Anyway, getting back to your question though, I didn't want to interrupt you. Okay. Getting back to your original question, he. The great William Holden was, of course, not the first choice. Montgomery Clift was the first choice who... I don't know if he has the edge, maybe, that William Holden has. He definitely looked young, and he was beautiful, and I could see why an older or any woman on the planet would kind of lust after him and fall in love with him. Um, Holden definitely has the bitter, cynical thing down. And... um, he really delivers those dry lines and the narration very well. Right, he
0: has a, is, th- there's th- there's there's a weariness to him. He's kind of unlike, say, Nancy um, Nancy Olsen, who's fresh faced and ready for you know very re- re- very ambitious. He's kind of been beaten down. He's still got those amazing the, William the
1: Holden looks, <laughs> but but he's not. He's and I think at the time I think. Montgomery Clift would have looked too young and fresh face because Joe is kind of in between. He's not the faded I've been successful, but he isn't that young fresh face kid either. He's kind of in the middle. And that's what makes that hard, that that character so much more complex than just, Oh, he's the pretty young kid. He's not. No. And I also think that he's also a very, very underrated actor. As famous as he is, you don't think about him as like, oh, a Cary Grant or a Jimmy Stewart, blah blah blah. um And you know, we had talked about in Network, Peter Finch gets all the credit for that movie, but let me tell you, William Holden has many moments in the movie Network that are like, damn. Yeah. I, I mean,
0: so everyone, everyone has moments in in Network, especially, but Hol- yeah. Holden, as, as Holden as, as the old. As the old- Exactly. Because it
1: wasn't the showy role, he doesn't get the mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore monologues. So it's not as flashy. But I feel like he was so good and so solid, and I think the cynicism. But closer to the end, you also find out that he does also have a heart. I think he's just as complex as Norman Desmond, but not as showy.
0: Correct. Uh, yeah, he knows. He knows. He knows, and uh, Holden knows. Joe Gillis knows that this is the Norma Desmond show. This is uh, like he we need the the sort of subdued straight man as it were to uh go up to contrast the uh, the insanity of Norma Desmond. And Holden Holden walks that fine line between he's uh you know he's you know he's he's younger than he's younger than Norma. But he also, like as you say, he has that. Uh, you know, he's he's seen enough where he can deliver the lines that Norma Desmond needs to hear. The their 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 back and forth sometimes their little mutterings under the breath are are really great. And only a person, I think, really in Holden's situation, when played against someone like Gloria Swanson, who's who's older, can uh, can really bring
1: out the role. And yet he also doesn't totally get overshadowed by her either. And that's why it's such a hard role. He does still hold his own. Because when I saw this on Broadway, and you have a Glenn Close or someone huge, then they always, in the musical, it's just like they just found some dude and just popped him in there. You know what I mean? But that he played the complexity of being afraid of her, hating her, being repulsed by her, feeling sorry for her. And I remember closer to the end of the film when he looks at her and he's like, look, you're the only one who believed in me. Yeah. And almost like he's grateful to her. And he's like, you're the only person in this stinking town who ever really believed in me at all. And it's such a tender moment for a moment. That's not one of the big memorable scenes in the movie, but, but that he says that, that he acknowledges that she did actually do something for him.
0: Okay that which 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 leads me to my next question is that uh you say that you know he's repulsed he is you know grateful does joe gillis love norma desmond
1: that's a loaded question that's why i asked it i, yeah, I, I know, feel like if anyone gosh. knows it'd be you um i feel like he cares about her And he sees her for what she is. I think at the beginning, and I'm going to start with a line. Everyone knows the line. I am big. It's the pictures that got small. Right. That's one of the biggies ever. Billy Wilder, when he and his buddies wrote the script, when he sees her, there's a ton of different ways he could have said this line. He could have written the line. Hey, I remember you. You used to be big. You're Norma Desmond. He could say, aren't you Norma Desmond? Mm -hmm. You used to be big. Whatever. The fact that the line specifically says, I know your face. He recognizes her face and Wilder specifically uses That phrasing, I know you, I know your face, because this is a woman whose entire life and career was based on her ability to make faces. And they do this throughout the entire movie with, we didn't need voices. We had faces. Why do we need dialogue? I can say anything with my eyes. But that line, and I didn't realize just how perfectly written that line was until, you know, five times viewing (laughs) ago. But that just shows you – I'm just using that as my example for what a perfect screenwriter this is and what a perfect screenplay is because mm-hmm. there's 15 ways he could have said that. But he says, I know you. I know your face. So at the beginning, he treats her like a joke. Right.
0: A, and, like a relic, some sort of museum thing. Yeah, and he's
1: And I mean true. getting back to the horror image when Max – when he first gets there and Max is like uh, the bodies – the corpse is upstairs and you're like, what? Oh, yeah. And they're having a funeral for her dead monkey, and they're treating it like it's their child. Right. Which, which, by the way, I love how it's never mentioned again. It's just
0: one of those we. He walked in to a story already happening, and is just like, "Okay, this fine, this fine," and it's just dropped. You're like, "Okay, that that is very that's so weird and so macabre." I love it. What's happening here? It's it's a, it's a great lead in.
1: But, but getting back to. Does he love her? And he treats her like a joke. And he's like, yeah, you used to be big. I recognize your face. And she says, of course, I am big. It's the pictures that got small. I'm not going to go into how perfect that line is. And he's like, oh, well, maybe next time I'll bring my autograph book or some cement. And he's really mean and dismissive of her Oh yeah, and very disrespectful of her. And then as he gets into it, he does. She starts pulling him in and he doesn't like the fact that he needs her. But on the other hand, you know, he is laying out in the pool and kind of having some fun. But I think he starts to respect her and he does care about her when he's almost out and he's got permission from his buddy to stay at his house. And he's like, I'm moving out. I'm going to get all my things. And Max calls and says, Madame has tried to kill herself. He leaves without a word, runs, gets his coat and goes to her. Right. Is and that, that's is, when that,
0: he, is that is that out of love or is that out of like guilt because he knows that this is on this is on
1: him. I don't think. I mean, he's definitely not in love with her in any kind of like traditional sense. Okay. Okay. But I think it's definitely more of a respect, and I think I do feel like over the course of the movie, he's he learns like we do how famous she was, how there wouldn't have been Paramount Studios without her. When he goes and he's like, she had all the you know, this whole line was her dressing rooms. And we all sort of like, wow, she really was a Gloria Swanson back in the day. Right. right. See, and like, he learns, I am nothing. And he realizes in a way, he's also not good enough for her because this is a woman when they're dancing the tango and she's like, oh, Valentino used to dance here. And he's like, but I'm not Valentino. I'm just this hack writer. I'm like, she's still out of, she's as crazy and decrepit and whatever. She's still way out of his league.
0: Right. Right. But I I don't even know if it's if it's a respect at this point. We meet Joe. He's uh, he's uh, I think literally hungry. He needs money. And, you know, he's uh, I think he's you know, he sees an opportunity there to help out on the Salome script.
1: And he thinks he's so clever. That's what I love. Oh, I started hatching a plan of my own, and you're like, "Oh, Joe."
0: It's like, oh, like you, like that's that's the honeypot right there. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Norma had done this before. She and she just pull, she pulls him in, and it's so effortless on her part because she's so manipulative and um, uh, they're they're emotionally abusive to each other, but to see Norma be as sly and uh cunning without even realizing it because you know because their their faculties are missing
1: yes. up there and he doesn't realize that she's max has already gone to his apartment unpacked all of his stuff he wasn't gonna go anywhere
0: yeah like, she's like, like whatever I her, like, you're like, just gonna the, stay here right like i like i made i made the bed this afternoon he's like wait
1: how did you know I was stay here? Like, and there's what? the toothbrush and the razor. And when he's sitting there and he's looking at it, this is so good. This is all Gloria Swanson. She has her leg up on the chair and she kind of has her hands wrapped around her legs and her fingers look like spider yeah. legs, like tentacles, like it looks like a claw. And she's just watching him and just slowly with smoking the cigarette. And he's like, oh, well, I'll come back tomorrow. She's like, no, no, you'll stay here. Right. And then she says, "Do you want the job or don't you?" And you're like, "She's got him." Got right. They don't like, even, They don't even
0: know how fucked up things are. So Gillis,
1: you don't even, you don't know who you're playing.
0: you but but you know what he li- he likes he likes the eighteen suits, and uh, and the and the shoes the and the cuff the, yeah, the, because because if the lady's paying for it, why not why not get the more expensive one? Yep. And you know, I uh, full disclosure, I am something of a kept man. I stay at home. So my uh, my wife works. I look at look after I look after my daughter. So I know uh, what it's like to be with a uh, older, entirely far more successful woman, and uh, to uh, and I I. It's certainly not as messed up as this. I'm not trying to say like, oh, I'm Joe Gillis and my wife is Norma Desmond because she would kill me. Which, nah, wait I'm a minute, wait, much... wait, wait, shit. Wait a minute. Norma Desmond does that. Uh, but it's uh, it's 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 very intoxicating to have somebody take care of you like that. And, uh, and but certainly for um, for a man in 1950s. Like that, it has to be so. Like he's at war with himself. I think over like I'm supposed to be working. Like what is this? Like Norma, this is. This is he's 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 never he's never comfortable. William Holden is never comfortable until he until unless he is with uh, Betty Schaefer at the beginning. Ever so, like, you know, during the the blossoming of their of their friendship in romance. And
1: even then he's not comfortable because, then, oh, Betty Schaefer's engaged to my his, like, best friend who has been described as, like, the greatest guy you ever yeah. want to know. The, the, the nicest guy and nice
0: guy, the quality that is not a quality you look for in an assistant director. You need somebody who is, you need the, uh, you need a bulldog of an assistant director to keep all of those damn actors in line. But if you got a if you got a nice you got a nice assistant director, kudos to you.
1: But she definitely wears the pants in that relationship. Oh, totally I love knows. when they're playing cards and she's like empty the ashtray. Right. Oh, yeah. And when she sends them in for cigarettes and she's and also, you know, I'm gonna buy you a suit. Why? Because I'm tired of looking, looking at you in those clothes. It's not like right. I love you and I want you to have nice things. It's just like I'm tired of looking at you schlep, schlep around in that hideous suit. So I'm going to buy you clothes. And by the way, get rid of your gum. That really annoys me. Right.
0: Uh, I, I, I was watching those scenes. I was thinking, fuck, Norma Desmond is negging the shit out of Joe Gillis. He, she is pickup artist extraordinaire, except in an <laughs> emotionally manipulative, combative, destructive sort of <laughs> way. I'm like, oh, my God. That is, uh, I mean, what, all right, well, we've talked about William, William Holden. We've gone, gone at length. Uh, we have to talk about Gloria Swanson, Norma Desmond. What makes She's amazing. Norma an all-time great? One of the most enduring characters in all of cinema. What is Well, like
1: her? number one, every single line she says is amazing. A lot okay. of that's the screenplay. Right. I mean, come on. I am big. It's the pictures that got small. But, you know, it's a- the delivery. The yes. Delivery, delivery. I'm ready really for counts. my close-up. I mean, come on. Like, Which, is, by the way, is so misquoted. People, oh, yeah. if you're going to quote it, look up the right quote. Mm. And, by the way, back to All About Eve, it's fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Yes. I've seen it often misquoted, and right. it's like, no, that's not really what the line is. Anyway. Anyways. but it's the delivery first of all she is norma uh, Desmond. the other thing that i respect about gloria swanson is opening herself up to that is having putting her ego aside they made her audition for this movie she was not the original choice right and they made her audition and do screen tests and you know that she's like bitch please i'm nor i'm gloria okay. swanson like how dare you make me do this but she put it aside and did it, and she played a faded film actor. She didn't play just some beautiful young ingenue, and I love her for that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, she's uh, she's great, and she having her like you like any actress can play this. Sure, I'm sure. Like you, you could take a stab at it, but there comes the the history that Gloria Swanson has being a a former silent movie star that really brings a lot of depth to the material itself now i like to think gloria swanson is not crazy is not she's not lost in on herself the way norma desmond is who is who is in a i don't want to say a shrine it's more like a mausoleum built to herself with all of her with all of her actual original gloria swanson Headshots and candid photos from uh, from her 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 silent years. But Norma Norma endures because unlike unlike uh, unlike Margo Channing and Eve Harrington, I think Norma is she takes the the qualities of both those uh, the, both those characters and is fused into one. And she, the, you know, it's not—it's not a battle between two people. It's a battle between this person who is raging against the thought of uh, of aging and getting old. She wants because she she wants, you
1: know, she's you know she's she's the, not letting go.
0: Yeah, she's not letting go. She's she's fighting tooth and nail against against you know every against nature and time itself she is, you know, she's 50, she's 50 years old and, you know, she wants to play the, the 20, the 25 year old parts and it's not, she's not cognizant enough to realize that the game has changed and you shouldn't be doing that anymore. And that's, and there's no shame in that, but she's surrounded. And he, Joe
1: says that to her. And there's Joe, no shame in being 50 unless you're trying to play a young girl of 25. And that's another great line. And her history at Paramount Studios, Glory Swanson's history with Cecil B. DeMille. Cecil B. DeMille, who makes the comment, I could be her father, and yet he's still down at the studio directing movies, and she's in this mausoleum
2: yeah it's uh,
1: and that says so much and the fact that the academy awards were just this weekend and you have rita moreno wearing the same dress she wore when she was 20 you have helen mirren who is sexy as all get out she's really
2: she's She's not just beautiful like she's sexy
1: she's hot exactly meryl streep who's at least 60 i don't know exactly how old she is but these women who are still sexy and vibrant and wearing gowns and doing important work in film and then to sit and go back and watch Sunset Boulevard where it's like 50 right. and she's this relic. Right, but- and, and I love her relationship with um, Cecil B. DeMille because in that little exchange when he's like, hey, young fella, apparently that's what he really called Gloria Swanson when they worked together. Wow. So all of that Gloria Swansonness is what made Norma Desmond as amazing as she is, with right. the help of the perfect screenplay and the perfect direction. Yes, yeah, I put a little thought into this.
0: I have not noticed that in the slightest at all. She's, uh, uh, I, I described her as described her as a vampire. She's using this young, this young, the life force of this younger man, who's. Is totally, th- thir- nineteen thirty, you know, thirty something. William Holden to uh, revive herself, revitalize her 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 essence to come back because you know nobody nobody wants to die. Everybody wants to live forever. We want to be remembered. I I get that, but it becomes so twisted in her, and that and you know, and it's since it's not a direct horror movie, it makes it more insidious because that's it's like she's totally. She's totally a vampire right now. And you have, mm-hmm. and you have, uh, Max, uh, Eric von Stroheim, who is the, uh, I forget his name from, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. The, uh, I don't know, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, but the, 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 uh, the uh, servant who has been so, who has been mesmerized by, by our, by, by and he by, calls by her
1: Madame he I, it. I
2: love
0: I, it. I mean, it's it's so it's been it had been a while since I'd seen the movie she is so the
1: greatest of them all. You yeah. wouldn't know you are too young. Like, oh. Again, every line he says is awesome.
0: It's great, and I it'd been a while since I'd seen the movie, so I forgot that Max was uh, her director and her husband, and I thought, movie, that is an that puts there are there are already so many layers in this in this in this onion of yours and you just added a couple of more because that is that is that's brilliant storytelling and just shows you how uh powerful norma desmond is on a whole different level
1: and the best is during that reveal william holden says to him and look she's she's turned you into a servant and he says oh no it was i who asked to come yeah. back i know i found life unendurable after she left me and you're just like i mean jaw on the ground it's you're like oh my god and wow. it's not told in this big dramatic way for some reason it's like during a conversation where if you got up and went to the bathroom you missed that whole element of it
0: right but it ad- it adds so much about the uh, monstrousness of the situation Joe has found him in. And that's what and that's when I think he realizes that I am in, I am, this is, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. So uh, at the end we have uh, Joe Gillis. He's forming a relationship with Betty Schaefer, who is the, uh, who works in the, the, the reader, the reader's room for Paramount. They're writing a script together, which is, uh, which, uh, which by the way, by the way, I thought was was uh, very clever is it because it's a script about two people who Work together, who live together but are on separate schedules. They sleep in the same bed. I go. Oh, he's actually kind of describing, you know, he's going. He's technically sort of describing himself and Norma. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, slightly later on in the movie where he, you know, goes out at night while she's mm-hmm. asleep to uh, to to work on this entirely different life and establish this relationship. Uh, he calls Betty over to the mansion on Sunset Boulevard, and. What what happens and uh, why does why does Joe do this to uh, to poor Betty? To poor Betty?
1: I feel that he realizes that she is such a. I mean, and they couldn't have cast a more fresh faced, bright eyed, innocent looking girl. Yeah. No, 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 no. And I think that he really he's hit in the face with how screwed up his situation is and even though he's already tangled up into it, he wants to cut her free to stay the course on her dreams, which is to become a screenwriter and to marry this guy who's this really great guy who's you know going to try and make her happy and kind of protect her rather than drag him in. And I think he feels like in a way, maybe he's not good enough for her, that he's this twisted guy that he's still as much as She's taking from him. He's taking advantage of this woman. He's letting her take care of him. Right. And, and he's like, I just need to get the hell out of here. I'm going to leave her. And then of course, Norma Desmond's like, oh great. He's going to be with me now. And he's like, no, no I'm done with you too. Like I need to go where people are normal and I'm not involved in all of this but mess. And he, he realizes Dayton, that, in Ohio. and he realizes that he's not a very good screenwriter because he's seen greatness in Norma. Yes. That despite everything, she was an amazing actress. We see we see evidence. We see her silent films. But we talked about all about Eve. We talked about how we never actually saw Margot Channing actually act in this. The use of those movies is so effective because you can see how beautiful she was. You can see that she was you believe it. Thanks. And you see her do her little Charlie Chaplin thing. And she's funny. She's got oh, a good sense of humor. That's
0: brilliant, actually. I love that
1: scene. So, yeah, she does that whole thing. So we know she's great. And he and he knows that. And I think being with her realizes makes him realize how mediocre he actually is. And he's like, I just need to put all of this crap behind me. He can't really be friends with his friend anymore. That's not going to work. And I think he feels guilty about that. He says that. He's like, Artie. Artie. He's like, Artie, you could never imagine a better guy. And he's like, I need to, she needs to go. She needs to marry him. Norma needs to do whatever Norma needs to do. And I just have to get out of here.
0: Right. And, uh, you know, so he, he, his choice is, is, is no choice, but he's caught, they're caught in a love triangle. He decides that I don't want any of you. Which really
1: was the best decision.
0: It's the, it's the best, it's.
1: Doesn't end I mean, well for him. No, <laughs> it
0: doesn't end well. Like it's the it's the it's I think the most narratively fulfilling of it, uh, because it because it because it leads it leads to the end. If he went with uh you know, either either way Norma's ending up uh insane. Uh if he went with Betty, if he just le- if he left uh Norma for Betty, I just would
1: have been a very Hollywood ending. It, it, he ends exactly. up with the young girl. Well they become successful.
0: You know, yeah. they it's, run it's, off it's, together. It's, it's happy. He, he, a lesser, he escaped.
1: A lesser filmmaker would have ended it that way, but exactly. not Billy Wilder. Exactly. Because,
2: because he's
0: be, Yeah, because a lesser filmmaker would have said, you know, like, no, this this young, this virile young man is supposed to be with this even younger woman because that's the way of things. We're supposed to, as uh, All About Eve did, just uphold the status quo. This is the 1950s. This is Eisenhower. This is Truman. This is like, this is, this is the time. This movie says no he's you know it it, it's almost like it's it seems like he's choosing um at least to betty like he's choosing norma desmond because he's caught in this web and he is there's no there's no escape and for for him to start something with betty would be to destroy them both and i think he sort (laughs) of kind of almost understands that he you know he's 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 a goner in some way or another whether it's because whether it's through his force of will being just you know, slowly, you know, eked out of him over the course of years, or whether he's going to get shot, I I'm not entirely sure. But he, you know, so he, you know, goes up and he starts un- you know, un- taking off all of his fine jewelry, packing up and just leaving, and just leaving. Which brings us to the ending. So we oh. see Norma, Norma, who bought a gun in the in the third, brilliant use of third act gun by the way because you know we don't see it we don't see you know she just mentioned i bought a gun i bought a gun i'm gonna kill myself i'm gonna (laughs) use it she's like don't you and she's like she shows him the gun you're like oh this is this is brilliant like all right see what see what happening she shoots joe as he as he's uh leaving he falls in the pool
1: oh that stagger and the music's playing
0: yeah it's like oh i I like oh i love i love I love squib work back in the 1950s because they just did not even bother like you just got shot and your your suit will be fine it's just whatever just fall just fall in the pool it's it's okay and that and you're like okay well the movie ended great that is not where the movie ended that's the end and it of,
1: could have ended there a lesser filmmaker yeah. lesser filmmaker would have ended it there
0: that's where but that's where I believe Joe's narration stops because he's he's come to the end of his his story I like to think he you know since Joe is in Almost every scene or at least every every scene he narrates, Joe Joe's in, I think.
1: Not quite yet though. He does say what would the reporters do to her? The headlines oh, right. destroy okay, her. Okay. Well, right. Not to cut you off, but no, he, no, no, he has fine. a little thank, bit thank more you, to go. Thank, He's got a little you, bit thank more. You for correcting me. He he says something like, and that's where you've come in. Right. He talks back directly to the audience. That's where you've come in. I'm at the end of my story, but what's gonna happen? What basically sets you up? what's gonna happen what's gonna happen and right. then
0: and then we come to uh the presses it presses all over the apartment cameras the, the cameras right. the We're... lights the sound they're they're everywhere. The police are questioning Norma and Gloria Swanson has had a complete and utter psychotic break at this point. Norma is just she's just putting on her makeup her eyes are. Huge, huge. like I don't know how she does it she has this thing where she she's like I'm trying to look like a crazy Catherine Hepburn and she's totally pulling it
1: off and got that it's the silent film training the silent film training she always she doesn't turn her head she'll slowly throughout the movie she'll slowly roll her eyes to the other side of her head and then she turns her head every time I started doing it myself after I saw the movie I did it for like at least an hour and a half that's that's
0: fair but she you know you know but the police are like the you know you know they're like oh the, the cameras are here the cameras she's like cameras, cameras. and she's
1: in costume she's it's, in her salome costume she's
0: in her salome costume and then you have i think uh one of the most brilliant shots in in film history where it's Ever. her slowly descending the staircase and it's like everyone knows that they are in a movie. All They all stop. They all listen to Max as he's directing things. And you want to say something.
1: And they don't move until she passes them. Yes. And it's slow motion without actually being slow motion. She slowly walks down and then they slowly turn towards her. Mm-hmm. And Max saying the lights, camera, action. Yeah. It's, cra- it's, it's so
2: good.
0: It's, 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 a, it's a very, it's a very satisfying for both those characters because they kind of. Each, he's
1: back yeah,
2: in his
0: glory. Yeah, he's back in his glory. She's back in hers. Even it's so short lived, uh but it's so as as we alluded to, it's like the most bitter sweet. Like I don't know really how I feel about this, but good job, Billy Wilder, because that's so awesome kind of ending.
1: And everyone there. Playing along with it, having enough respect for her. No one is making fun of her.
2: No
1: one. Hedda Hopper, who's this real life, bitter, cynical, out to destroy people with her articles about them, gossip columnist, is crying. Yeah. Because it's so, they're all just swept up in this tragedy and they give her that moment and I can't even. It's just every single thing in the entire frame is perfect. There's yeah, nothing right. out of place. And everything's there for a reason. Right.
0: And then she gives a impassioned speech to her, the, the crew, saying, it's so glad to be back. I've missed you. We're going to make another film and another film and another, another film. film. And because this
1: is my life. Yes. And I'll never leave you again. You're like... Oh, and it's just you and me and, she, and those beautiful people out in the dark. And so then she acknowledges the audience, but like we're her audience watching her do this. So it all comes together right. and, full circle. And then she,
0: and then she like twists herself. And I have to imagine that Billy Wilder said "Be Nosferatu" from the uh, from the, uh, the the brilliant uh, silent silent movie. She's got her hand kind of up, and she's she's not she's not walking. She's it's almost like she's sort of floating towards you and her face is just up and her eyes are wide her smile is like crooked and uh you know she and, says the most famous says line, line. And so what, and what and what is the what is the actual line
1: i'm gonna look it up to make sure i don't misquote it okay all right but i believe it is all right mr demille i'm ready for my close-up Right. And then the music swells, and she walks towards the camera, and there's smoke blowing. Yeah, the, yeah the, There's there's
0: smoke, and she starts. It, it starts to go out of focus, but you still see her face, and then her silhouette just just lingering there. It's the last thing you see in the film, and it's and I got I got chills. I'm like that's fucking terrifying. Like, I don't want this woman approaching me like that. Like I like in a video game, I would shoot her in the head. Like that's what you do with uh with a creature like this but uh and it i and it ends precisely there not 1 minute more we don't hear about what happened to any of these other characters cuz we don't need to it's it's really like like we know we don't we don't need to see any of that and that is that is Sunset Boulevard uh right there Amy What makes Sunset Boulevard an enduring film?
1: I think it's something that just taps into all of our fears, even though it's about such a small percentage of the population, the movie industry, even though we're not all in the movie industry and we can't relate to it that way. We're all a part of the movie industry, all of us who love movies, all of us who love the magic of film. And that's really what Norma is. She loves she loves film. She loves that magic. When she goes back to Paramount Pictures, it's like she's back in her glory days and she loves the work.
0: Yeah.
1: And and especially like at the end, it's like she's talking right to us that it's something that she's sharing with us, the audience. And we Mm -hmm. get to share in that magic that artistry and that magic of filmmaking. And so in that way, it's something it's so American. It's so something we all can relate to. And then the aging, the doubting your talents, the, -hmm. what happens when your glory days are gone? Do you embrace it and move on? Or do you cling to it? And it's just a perfectly made movie. It's
0: exceedingly well-written uh some of the some, uh those the two lines we we we've come back to are among some of my favorite in all of in all of movie time uh, it the, the it's the pictures that got small i think is is my is my i think maybe top 5 movie quotes of all oh. time it's just it's just so it so captures a mindset like we like we're living in uh we're living in 2018 right now and we think the 1980s are the old, the olden days of movies—they were, you know, all shot on film, and the special effects sucked. And but we are essentially as removed from, uh, from the like the the end of the eighties as Norma Desmond is from the silent era during this time. Mm-hmm. And so much has changed, and so it's it's hard to think of that. Like we think of like oh, the good old days. There were good old days before our good old days. And even good old more good old days before that. There's mm-hmm. this, um, it's a it's a stunning look at how time can time can ravage us, uh, as you say, and how uh, especially entertainers, people who live off of applause and adulation and the lights and all of this media presence. They, you know, we they they give us so much. They give us these brilliant performances, but we give them something. We give mm-hmm. them purpose. In in a way, largely they are all sort of vampires, feeding off of us. Our eyes, our mm-hmm. our adulation, and that's what Norma ultimately is. She's you know she's uh, she's a glory seeker. She wants that attention, and it's you know Joe is Joe is fine. She uses Joe to get to us. Mm Again, that's why that's why she directly addresses us at the end, because we are here to give her what she needs, which is her youth, her vitality and her fame
1: all back. We're the glorious people out there in the dark. And Billy Wilder, man, I don't know who writes a better final line of a script than Billy Wilder and his whole crew, because almost the last line of like 15 of his movies are some of the greatest
0: yeah, even, pieces of
1: dialogue ever.
0: Yeah, even even the even the end of the apartment just uh, shut up and deal. I'm like, that's a good fucking line. I like that. Nobody's
1: perfect. Yep,
0: Ugh, hilarious. Uh, so yeah, this um, it's, it's uh, and we we mentioned why did why didn't all, why didn't uh, Sunset Boulevard win best picture over All About Eve when they deal with a lot of the same subject matter. And watching this again, I go. Yeah, I would be uh, Louis B. Mayer, the great, uh, the one of the all time great film producers. You know, basically told Billy Waller to f off. Uh, yeah. Because like this is the this is the this is the industry that fed you, that gave you, that clothed you, that gave you purpose, and you're doing what to it? This is yep. this is a very like for the time. This movie is so radical. As the like, I can I can understand why the academy, even at that point, which was you know still you know a very conservative leaning uh, board, you know, mm-hmm. you know makeup would not go for this, and they would rather go for all right, all about Eve touches on some of these things, but ultimately it's you know it's still like okay things things are okay, and we don't things have end to end up work-
1: okay yeah, th- because are- she's still in she's still in her prime, right. And, and, it's because, not and because she wants Pastor to be Prime.
0: because she wants to be her she wants to be a wife now and, and like, she's
1: walking that's... away on her terms right sure H- I'll give up the reins to this young actress and that's sort of a cop out
0: right it it was Norma Desmond she does not she does not cop out she does not relent she doubles down every step of the way and even if I, she
1: has to write the script she's going to bring silent movies back I mean right. she she's fighting it yeah, she's, and she's, I almost admire her a little bit more than I would admire Margot Channing who's like okay whatever right almost like almost like theater like really it didn't it it the almost like theater didn't mean as much to Margot as film did to yeah. because even when she went to Paramount and yes of course she's a diva she knows the lighting guy she knows the guy at the studio okay, and the, the she remembers remember. their names and yeah,
0: she plays it she plays it. She 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 played the game. She plays it well, and it's uh she's every she is one of the most complicated female characters in film history, and I think any any older actress would love to play her, especially especially Glenn Close, who kind of you know she started doing her own thing. She sort of dropped off the radar, but we all still know know her. And um, she but, um, she had a TV show, I think, for a while. Damage, I don't know. Yeah, damages. She had damages. Yeah. But, uh, it's. It's like it's like one. It's like the it's like that role that like I would love to like when I am older and mm-hmm. you know like past you know the, and the glory days are behind me. Like that's the like you want you want to you want to play Norma Desmond. You don't want to be Norma Desmond when you grow up. No, you want to pl- you want to play her because. But I can see so why actresses
1: back then
0: would have been a little oh I don't know right. yeah and it, it was it was a uh, his. Future wasn't kind to of Gloria Swanson. She got offered many more roles, but all of them were essentially uh, all of them were essentially Norma Desmond at that point. So
1: she didn't. And really she was smart them. for not doing it. Yes, Good yeah, for you, Gloria Swanson. Did not typecast herself. So, um,
0: it's uh, it is a tough one.
2: Uh, did this Eve. deserve the Best Picture? Yes,
0: did. Really? <laughs> Well, okay. I'm trying to be a little more, you know, crit- critical and nuanced. Both films uh, touch on the same thing. They're, they're extremely well done. They each won a screenplay award. Yes, Mankiewicz directs the shit out of All About Eve. Billy Wilder directs this. Uh, one of the one of the great 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 things. But I mentioned that All About Eve. it, it didn't feel like it had aged all that well. It 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 was it was very much a time capsule movie. It was like this is a movie that could only be made in the nineteen fifties. It's it's all of its machinations, all of its mm-hmm. themes are very of the time. Sunset Boulevard endures because it is timeless. It uh, yes, it's made in the nineteen fifties about a nineteen twenties actress, but it is so it it the the universal themes of. Of, of aging and fighting and fighting against time itself i think are will always be relevant in uh in media in, and in storytelling and that's why that's why like sunset boulevard this is uh this is not only the best movie of 1950 this is one of the best movie of the of the 1950s one of the greatest movies of all time and that Agreed. it didn't that it didn't Agreed. win best, that it didn't win best picture is it makes you, you know we we have the we have the luxury of seventy years yes uh, 70, 70 years of this, but like I have like and at the time this was scary and dangerous but like oh my god I feel like they dropped the ball so hard on this definitely, one. Uh, which is not to say all about Eve isn't, isn't
1: good it's just all about it's Eve very is, good it's, it's 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 great it's a great there's it's great flaws Eve. though there's there are. flaws in all about Eve I really think Sunset Boulevard is one of the few. Opening shot to the blackout at the end is perfect. It's it's there it's are separate. not weaknesses. Every line is perfect. The use of narration, perfection. The shots, the music, the story, the acting. Every single thing is just. It is. It's a. It's a masterpiece. And I don't consider every movie a masterpiece. No, there's movies no, I, I like, but like oh maybe we could no. billy wilder man billy wilder yes
0: uh we lost him um many years ago and it's uh i remember uh anyways um so you have been listening to the oscar watch podcast thank you so much for joining us on this uh very long edition of for your reconsideration if you uh like what you hear if you want to say that wait a minute all about eve does deserve did deserve best picture. You can write us an email at OscarWatchPodcast Watch Podcast at gmail.com or find us on social media and yell at us there at Oscar Watch Pod. Amy Thomason, where can folks find you?
1: A Thomason11 on, I almost said YouTube. <laughs> Twitter. Twitter on Twitter. That's where's the my one. brain. There Where's we my go. brain today? Uh, next week, in
0: celebration of Guillermo del Toro winning not only Best Director but Best Picture at this year's Academy Awards, we're going to take a little step back to 2006 when he won Best Original Screenplay and his movie won Best Foreign uh, was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film yeah. but did not win. In a segment I like to call Foreign your reconsideration uh where we where we will be talking about the one and only pan's labyrinth uh which i'm looking forward to it i have not revisited that movie in a great many years and i am curious to see how it holds up against the lives of others which is the film that won that year and i think is one of the best movies of the and if our audience wants to prepare
1: uh i believe it's available on amazon prime for streaming oh well, Just in go. case anyone in our audience wants to prepare for next week. And I know like my like my mom and dad who finally watched this movie because I said you need to watch it before you listen to the podcast. Hi, so Mr. yay! Mrs.
0: Thomason, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. everyone. Mr.
1: and Mrs., Mr. Mrs. Eckert,
0: that was my maiden name. Okay, in sorry.
2: So, it's okay.
0: Oh, apologies. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening, folks. Until next time, we'll see you on the red carpet. I know my way
2: around here. The cardboard trees, the painted seas, the sound here. Yes, a world to rediscover. But I know.